0: Good afternoon, Michael Rowe here on Friday, but not Friday the 13th. I don't even know what day it is anymore. It doesn't really matter. All I know is I'm here talking tech with my friend and co-host, Michael Martin. How are you? Awesome. Awesome.
1: And we're excited to produce another edition here, and we're going to be publishing it on Monday, the 6th of February, 2023. So you're probably listening to that after February the 6th, 2023. I'm just guessing. You, you won't.
0: On or after. It could be on or after. (laughs) We do see a bump on Monday, right? We usually see a bump on Monday and then a taper off during the week as they get excited for the next exciting episode of Games at Work. And bits. we have
1: got a show for you, oh my goodness, and we're going to start things off with some smart appliances, because it seems like there was a ton yes. of news in the news um, after the gamesatwork.biz bump, uh, talking about this subject yes. last week, and one long article, but fun article, came from The Atlantic, <laughs> and this one was talking about Hewlett Packard's Instant Ink, um, are you a Hewlett Packard Instant Ink client, Michael?
0: Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Even though I do have... I have both an Epson and uh, an HP. Oh, the, the Epson one with actually, the big tank HP. that you fill
1: manually? Ah yes. Okay, yes, yes.
0: Yes, which is, I mean, so much better of a deal when it comes mm, to ink. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny. We actually got it for my mother-in-law, and she didn't like it. Oh, really? Because... I guess she like printed selling? too much but not enough at the same time. Mm. It was really weird and it was causing some strange things. But there's a simple maintenance mode that you run periodically and everything stays fine. So I've been using it. It's great. It works. It's got a scanner, uh, you know, the works. Uh, and uh, it it's so much cheaper. But anyway, HP has this great deal oh, yeah. where it, when you hook up your printer, you have the option to turn on basically instant... Um, Refills, right? So the the printer is supposed to monitor your usage. Yep. And based off your usage of the ink being used up, ship you new cartridges and charge you for them at the appropriate time, uh, unless you read the fine print. And then what you're actually doing is you're paying a monthly service to have ink available to print X number of pages per month. Right. And so what this uh what this article's all about is somebody who set that up, you know, not thinking during during the lockdown, got a new printer, turned it on, clicked through, and just automatically set it up. And uh shortly thereafter the credit card that they had to put in for the monthly reoccurring charge, uh had expired. It was no longer good. And they immediately had their printer disabled.
1: Right. The printer remotely. became a
0: brick. Yeah. Well, see, I don't like using that term because a brick to me means it's no longer ever functional. functional, right? You broke the printer. This one, the printer just stopped working. You put a new credit card in, and I guarantee it would start working again.
1: <laughs> the brick sounds accurate to me. It is non-functional no. the way it is, and it can be unbrickified. Uh, <laughs> by putting your credit card in,
0: yeah, by putting your <clears throat> credit card in. Uh, but but yeah, so 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 this is the perfect example of uh, unintended consequences for your customers when you enable a uh, as a service business for something that traditionally is it just works and you have uh, you know consumables that you put in it when you need to. So this is. The, the way I read the article, it was very, very misleading on how the service was actually set up. The fact that it is not you get ink when you need it, but it was you're paying for pages per month.
1: Yeah, well, there there were two other interesting little factoids. I have not set up my HP printer in this way either, but there were two other things that made me go hmm around all this. Hmm. One was if you had been an uh, instant ink client and... HP had sent you ink cartridges on a periodic basis, which, you know, anticipating your need and so on. Um, and then you stopped subscribing all of those ink cartridges that you have are also, uh, bricks in my language. Um, because though they will no longer function because you don't have a subscription active and this is on the instant ink structure, right?
0: So here's an interesting question about that, right? Mm Um, They may not work in your printer because your printer is disabled. If somebody else had that same model printer and used your cartridges, would they work in that printer? Maybe. If that printer was currently subscribing to the... Instant Ink.
1: Maybe I mean the 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 big bigger points around, along all this. And again, not an attorney, not providing legal advice.
0: Don't play one don't on play TV. Don't play one on TV.
1: Um, this is this is al- along the lines of the right to repair and the licensing yes. of what it is that you own. When you bought the hardware for a camera, for a printer, for a car, you should own what it is that you bought, and then you should be able to do with it. What you wish to a degree to a degree well right? and,
0: and 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 this is this is one of the reasons why I still get vinyl and CDs for all my music mm-hmm. I own my music streaming services uh, you only license the ability to listen to them
1: yes yes so 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 when I, when I Understood the point and and whether I think there were other examples of the printer was not remotely disabled, which to me, that's a different thing entirely. That's printer as a service, which should be a different construct, right? Um, And And then then ink as a service. Right. So as in in a printer as a service, that's where things can turn on and off. And I'm sure Andy is probably thinking as he's listening to this from his uh, his uh, vacation spot in an undisclosed location um, is thinking, yes, this is exactly what happened to me when I was trying to use my my cutter. And uh, I had he had similar problems with that. So that that was an issue and 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 the title of this article by the way is my printer is extorting me from the atlantic so it's (laughs) really pretty funny that way um you you can apply this to anything where there are consumables too right so if you had a oh i don't know a dishwasher that uses special dishwashing soap and it was provided to you as a service wouldn't that potentially be the same thing that said the dishwasher would cease working because it didn't have the special soap
0: I think it was ten or fifteen years ago. I can't remember which automobile manufacturer offered tires as a service uh, that ensured that your your high end sporty vehicle, you know, uh, expensive car always had great cornering and road gripping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it would be really, really interesting to see had they thought about the. Well, you you didn't re up your tires as a service, so we're going to take your wheels off. (laughs) Well,
1: if 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 it's transportation as a service, you know, then there's a whole range of things that theoretically should be should be packaged in,
0: just 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 like your right. Yeah, that's why I said tires. Right, I know Uh, you you were careful. It's. Yeah, yeah, and that's a- it's it, it, it's just this is the slippery slope, uh, and and I know we 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 like to talk tech. This is tech, right? Uh, and and how it is being implemented to drive further drive, you know. It's gaming the business of your car or gaming the business of your printer. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely.
1: And there are things and expectations where people have where you might have, oh, I don't know, housing as a service. And you have a digital lock on your door for your apartment. And were you to, for example, not pay your rent or be behind or whatever, theoretically, your door might not unlock anymore because you haven't paid your rent. And that would be Mm -hmm. another Set of interesting things that we're going to explore a little bit more as we go through today's show But the car piece michael that was neat neat, because that links right into the next bit Dan gooden wrote uh, on mastodon recently about a problem dealing with self-driving automobiles And emergency services so setup is pretty simple cars that are autonomous are driving through an emergency section where there's emergency vehicles and emergency first responders dealing with the situation, and the cars don't stop. In fact, they clog up the area and prevent first responders from getting in. Interesting use case that should be something that is taken care of, and the way they took care of it was smashing through the windshield of these cars to get them from stop moving.
0: Well the, the the interesting I mean this this one's really really specific too right because this was a fire engine right uh and they had hoses across the road and those hoses are extremely high pressure hoses yep. and a car driving over them could cause a serious uh event it could pop that hose
1: yeah so, off so the fire truck or they, anywhere they, right mm-hmm.
0: yeah they 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 started by having firemen uh try to get in front of the vehicle to get it to stop and it just kept inching forward and inching forward and inching forward. Yes. So they had to literally, like you say, smash the windows so the car would say, Oh, there's been a wreck. Which which it, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and it, it it goes to show you well, first off, let's let let's be honest. We don't have autonomous vehicles yet. Yes. Right? We we do not have level five autonomous driving vehicles, right? Um, right now, most manufacturers have level two at best uh level three is getting there uh if this truly was a truly autonomous vehicle uh it, it would be interesting to see the liability and the insurance angle on this one oh, right yeah, yeah because they they were causing a hazardous environment with the way the vehicle was behaving so uh, that, that that's one angle that that I don't know if they've discussed that yet or, or I, I guarantee you they haven't resolved it yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is one of those unintended consequences of convenience again, true uh, just just like our unintended consequences of the convenience of never running out of ink <laughs> one way or another, unintended right
1: <laughs> unintended. Yes. All right, so let let's shift gears uh, into the AI space because you know this this continues to attract lots of attention in, in lots of different ways. Uh, there are probably one or two listeners out there that are big fans of. Uh, uh, all kinds of ai enabled movies and skynet kinds of structures and terminator and uh, we have a lovely little new
0: fans york- of terminator not the movie the terminator yeah <laughs> fans of the actual Terminator.
1: yeah well there Maybe. may be fans of those I'm sure we too we have a few of those yeah I'm, well who wouldn't be right you know you oh, melt yeah. yourself into something reassemble it's pretty good stuff so there's a new york post of all uh, Fund uh, articles and and news items, uh, warning about a rogue AI that could kill everyone. Um,
0: well, yeah, well, this is actually interesting. So I, uh, I I'm subscribed to a New um, York Post, a scientific community newsletter uh, that is made up of, you know tons of phd scientists in various aspects of the survival of humanity uh uh, right uh so environmentalists um, uh, economists etc and this actually was posted a a picture and an interesting kind of headline saying this is an interesting article you should go read and i was like oh Every once in a while, there's something kind of interesting. That it's the New York Post kind of <clears throat> shocked me a bit. But anyway, it's 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 really uh, a discussion of understanding or not understanding how AI works, and the fact that AI, like any technology, does not have a moral compass, <laughs> right? Uh, but when you get down to it, uh, a hammer doesn't need a moral compass. But if you are going to let a system make decisions for you, it needs to reflect the morality of the user. <laughs> um, and I, I thought from that in that perspective, it was a, a, a fairly interesting article. Uh, nothing really new and exciting in here, uh, but uh, kind of fits the, the domain we are currently in, uh, especially as more and more people, and we talked about this uh, a week or two ago, uh, have gotten more and more enamored with AIs like chat GPT, right? Uh, matter of fact, I am having multiple discussions with people right now on what is its actual use case? What is it actually good for, right? And the, the best example that I've, uh, a description I heard somebody describe it as was it is a word prediction tool. So if you give it this word within a certain context, it'll predict the next appropriate word. The sentence may not make sense. J- just like, uh, if you were to try to do mathematics, right? If you give it this number, what's the next number? And I think we have an article about that too. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. Um, So, it's lovely to see journalism attempt to simplify and explain technology in a way that the masses can understand and then make use of it. And this is another situation of uh, – it's, it's not just clickbait in my mind. It is also um, creating a degree of worry and concern that arguably um, should people be worried and concerned about the uses and appropriate uses and the ethics and, as you said, morality of technology? Absolutely, they should. Um, however, it is not yet at a point where um, – <laughs> These kind of predictions are like imminent. Um,
0: well uh, so so let me let me let me take the imminent, right? Yeah, uh, let me take that side of the argument. Uh, in in technical communities, I am hearing people say, why don't we just take that and take the code that gets spit out by chat GPT and use it? Okay, so if you put that in any type of system, without applying your morals to it, doing an appropriate level of due diligence, a test, et cetera, we could very easily have someone say, uh, generate me a uh, an algorithm that checks the boundary conditions of a certain value and then executes a specific actuator in this IoT system. So it'll generate some code that says, if it's between X and Y, uh, send a signal to Z, which could be a button that say, opens the floodgates on a dam. So you've now written a system with no interaction that kills an entire village that's on the downside of the dam where the water comes out and floods everything. It's it, That could happen today. Well, And, and, and there and are I'm, technical people talking today about saying, we could just generate that code from chat GPT. Sure, sure. But the way you just articulated that would require...
1: Um, more than just generate the code to hit an actuator, right?
0: Well people aren't <laughs> some people aren't very bright on their on their uh, on their inputs into these systems. And if you don't know what you're asking, you don't understand how the system works. you don't understand the parameters of said system and you trust the code that comes out.
1: I t- to me this is this is all about testing and it's all about under like you said understanding the end to end so yes can we create an edge case that says terrible terrible things happen as a reuse as as a reuse case sure that happens probably today if you look at open source can you reuse anything that's available on open source sure do you need a new way to do a sort sequence on a table Probably not. There's probably one out there that will do what you need to do and pretty efficiently. So, you know, finding that and using it is a speedy thing to do. Plus, it gives you the ability that if there is a vulnerability and it's a common module, you can go and fix the module and you're fixed. So I, I hear what you're saying. And I know these are things that you worry about professionally and you're being... Uh, Provocative for provocative for to be provocative, basically. So appreciate that. (laughs) We we've we've got more on this subject, and the more on this subject is a a Popular Mechanics article. Yet yet again, another you know good good article for people to understand some elements of technology. This one is about uh, a little bit about what you were saying before: the predictive nature of. AI and the the notion of this article says companies not just computers but companies already have the ability to, to decode your brain waves
0: so <laughs> You're yeah this this one actually I, I actually saw this and and it came across one of my Mastodon feeds and and it was like oh my god this is the pe- companies can do this and I immediately looked in my closet of tech and, and pulled out my my brainwave device that I've had for 12 years mm-hmm. uh, that was made by a little small startup company in San Francisco um, that uh, actually 2000 2007. Uh, so so sixteen years, um, and and basically at the time they started it off, and they would do demonstrations with it with video games, right? To where you would play this one Harry Potter game, and you would you would kind of think, you know, fireball, and it would shoot a fireball out of your 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 controller, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and <sighs> again, going back to the journalist aspect, um, the the way these articles are written and the stories are told they take it to uh, ludicrous speed right um yes we can ha- we have sensors today that do eeg signals uh and we can feed that into an ai system yes and we can predict certain things right now with the current technology um so 16 years ago uh, a high-powered headset like this not a medical grade one but more of a, a uh, scientific slash um, consumer, uh-huh. prosumer level, I guess that would be the right term, um, could detect s- six different thoughts after it was trained. Okay. Uh, and it took a while to train each of those six thoughts. Six thoughts. Uh, now, Today, because of predictive AI, we can probably find the signals better and maybe take that to two orders of magnitude. Let's say you can get it to 600 unique thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those are words. Sure. That, if your entire vocabulary was 600 words, what, what grade level are you speaking at?
1: Oh, very, very, very basic.
0: Exactly so so I do find it interesting um, I, I did like the the dystopian angle on the employer could monitor because one of the one of the things we were looking at back then um, uh, and trying to convince people working with this company was uh, you could use it in like um, TV ratings right mm-hmm. And you could, because we were seeing this at CES and you'd walk around and people go, hey, you want to see a TV pilot? And we're going to figure out if you like it or not and blah, blah, blah. Right? And I was like, that would be a great use case for this type of technology. Um, Unfortunately, where my brain went (laughs) after that was it would immediately go to lowest common dominator uh, entertainment because the easiest signal (laughs) (laughs) that every brain gets, right? (laughs) Yeah like it don't like it Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) so 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 yes uh this dystopian thing could be very real uh the patterns uh need to be extremely precise uh the the ai predictive models are probably getting closer and closer um yes this is something you should think about but it's still to to get the signal off of the brain requires contact with the skull (laughs) Okay, because the amount of energy released in the brain to be picked up, uh, I don't think, I don't think you and I, in our lifetime, have to worry about remote pickup of that level of signal.
1: Yeah, maybe so, but I would, I would say that while we're not worried about thought crime, you know, in in that version. Um, there's yep. enough that can be discerned from visual interaction. So you can do some basic measurements, uh, from a visual sentiment analysis that can be trained on a population, uh, and account for cultural you know, uniquenesses, I think, right. You know, cause we have some cultures where shaking your head left to right might mean yes. Uh, so th- there are things that you could pick up on, and that would allow for a degree of sentiment analysis that would then say, okay, I've got an emotional state that's been created, and therefore now I can work against it. So could it be used to determine attention? Absolutely. Right? Oh, that, was, that that's, that's the easy one. That right? is
0: easy. Very easy. Yeah. Right? Uh, Matter of fact, I had their lower end headset that came out a few years later Mm -hmm. that only had three pickups on it. Yeah, that was designed to do mindfulness. You know, how much are you concentrating on the task at hand Mm -hmm. and things of that nature?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the last thing I'll touch on this since you've covered this, I think, in great depth is that the notion of mental privacy. Is an interesting one. So as we're yes. con- as we're considering the future of AI and the ethics of AI, the notion of mental privacy about what should or uh, versus what could be read or anticipated is going to be an important thing so so moving on to security and i'm sure you've got Mm -hmm. one or two thoughts about this particular article too we have a a schneier article that's talking about leveraging ai as computer hackers i have a thought or two too but i'm interested in your take before i jump in
0: yeah uh, i'm not going to take this too deep uh the the thing it, it kind of, when I saw this article, it got me right back to the, the chat GPT discussion. And there was a, a long discussion, um, I think it was this week on Security Now, also, um, um, about the fact that uh, we keep making it easier and easier for less and less technical people to do hacking. <laughs> oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Um, or or coding an of any article, sort. It doesn't have to be it, hacking. Right. There was. Yeah. There, there, there was an article uh, a couple of weeks ago about um, uh, polymorphic uh, uh, viruses that were being developed uh, to defeat uh, virus detection software using AI. Sure. Saying, mm-hmm. generate an algorithm does this, right? And it was, it, and so, so this is this is similar to that uh, as it relates to. Um, basic uh, hacking into computer systems. And when you think about a a, a GAN, right, being set up, mm-hmm. uh, generative adversarial network, that is the definition of hacking, and at least in my mind, right? Because you try to set up a secure thing and you try to break that secure thing. And by pitting those two algorithms against each other, which is something you do to improve an AI algorithm, you are basically dynamically hacking and trying to protect at the same time
1: Mm -hmm. correct so so you you landed right where i was which is is two points right one is that this is essentially again so that you can now pit an ai against another ai either one can learn from the other so you can now improve your polymorphic code to be better uh, or if you're playing defense, you're able to improve your defensive scans so that when you are scanning your open source or AI-generated code to find potential vulnerabilities, that the defense is going to get stronger each time. Um, it it,
0: remind, it reminds me of uh, Babylon 5, the necromancers. Um, the They were like cyber computer hacking wizards, uh, and the... The description in one of the books on, you know, how you would do psionic attacks and defenses. It's it's the same concept.
1: Hmm. I I see this also as the same concept of uh, the AIs that play games. Oh oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what's the name of our podcast again? I've forgotten. <laughs> uh, like how how in Cubert there are ways to win Cubert that no human player ever discovered, but it was there and because of the bulldozer notion and nature of an AI that doesn't get bored, it doesn't take time off. It discovers what wind conditions look like and evolves the code and the experimentation towards those wind conditions. Eventually it will find them. So those sort of things feel like they belong together. And this is where AI certainly has enormous advantages because it doesn't get bored and it doesn't take vacation you can just let it rip as long as you've got the necessary compute power to do that now training yeah yes training so there there was a um, a, a, a post in mastodon from Esther schindler who uh, shared an article on futurism where Amazon was saying hey please don't Put into Chat GPT uh, various corporate secrets because every input into Chat GPT is essentially training the corpus, and then things begin to show up. And yes, shouldn't do that. <laughs> yes, basically,
0: uh, it's interesting. Uh, I actually found this article and posted it on an internal discussion for that very reason, uh, because we are not allowed to use it, right? For that very reason. Uh, Same thing with translation and- services exactly exactly and what was what was interesting is i was then pointed to uh, a open source project from about almost two years ago that ibm research put out that does what chat tpt does or claims to do to generate code and and my reaction was so how useful is this how popular is it And it came out two years ago, version 1.0, and it's currently version (laughs) 1.0. There
1: you go. Um, Hey, to round out our our topics here, because we're about at time, um, there's a Wall Street Journal article behind a paywall, but it's an interesting article there, too, where it's showing how the chat GPT doesn't do math particularly well, especially if you're dealing with word problems. And some of those are pretty easy word problems. You know, it's like, hey, bananas weigh half a pound each. You've got seven pounds of bananas and six oranges. How many pieces of fruit do you have? So if you do that in ChatGPT, it will not get the right answer, but that's today. I think it's going to get better, and there's no way you build Skynet without math. Or bananas. Or bananas. <laughs> uh, and maybe the very, very last thing on the topic, and then we'll we'll close, is that there's a couple of Mastodon posts from Simon Williamson, who is working on putting large language models, so I, a la ChatGPT, uh, on a laptop On a laptop and being able to run it successfully, which I think is rather intriguing to say how the power of laptops are emerging and growing.
0: Yep. I, I, I will have to check this out and, uh, it's Simon Willison. Uh, no M, uh, just so he gets his name right. Ah, thanks, thanks for that. Yep, <laughs> uh, uh, my brain went to Williamson also. So, um, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to try to to see if I can get some of this to work uh, on my machine too. So very cool. Well, uh, if you want to get to work or play games while you're at work or about work, you should check out our podcast that you just listened to at GamesAtWork.biz um, or follow us on Mastodon at um, games at work underscore biz at bots in space it's something out there i'm it's not going to correct you on that it's on the, it's show, on the links. show links and it's, in the notes you the can link. find it uh, but but what you could really do to make our day and help us have uh, more people to, to to interact with is rate us on your favorite podcatcher uh, at games at work or
1: call us on the phone that would be good too
0: hey you're on the air <laughs>
1: <laughs> games at work.biz first time caller
0: long time listener yeah. oh excellent excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> see you bye next. you've been listening to games at the podcast about gaming technology and play we are part of the blueberry podcasting network and would like to thank the band random encounters for their song big blue You can follow us on Twitter at at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at at gamesatwork.biz.